What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode seven of Pog RX. I am your host, Gamer Doc. I am a licensed medical doctor who works with esports athletes, gamers, and everyone else in between. And I am pumped. We are now more than halfway through this first round of episodes. If you are just now tuning in for episode seven for our wonderful guest, Robert. Uh, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show, but make sure you go back through and start at episode one because there's some there's some cool stuff. I'm I'm pretty excited about where this podcast is going. I think, you know, I was at um, PAX West this past weekend. This will be a week later, but I was at PAX West and went to a couple panels that, you know, I didn't know people on and half of them were really, really good. I learned a lot, um, but I think we tend to, especially in esports and gaming, talk about things that don't matter. We talk about talking. We talk about nothing. Um, like I want to learn, I want to learn something. When I leave a talk, a panel, when I, when I finish a podcast, I need to have learned something. I am somehow should have been made better as a person by my experiences. Otherwise my time was wasted, right? Otherwise I should have just been playing Fortnite. Um, so hopefully you're getting one or two things from every show. If not, I'm sorry. Thank you for still listening. So today we have Robert Yip. He's the head of performance at Immortals. He is a big name in the esports industry, someone who has taught me a lot and has really helped me with a lot of personal and career growth. Those are the people you want to surround yourself with, right? Like if you have similar jobs with someone and they see you as competition and try and push you down, that's a big red flag. That means they're probably a trash panda. Um, but Robert, you know, we have similar-ish jobs. He's way cooler than I am. But he's always helped me and, you know, given me really good advice. So I'm really excited to talk to him later. Uh, and we'll be talking about esports performance coaching, but we'll really be talking about the stuff that he does and, and really the, the history and, and how he got into it and how the space has evolved because it's it's pretty interesting. Um, but before, before we do that, I want to talk about something that's been on my mind. And that is all of the crap we walk around thinking in our minds and believing as gospel truth that is just utterly wrong. Utterly wrong. And the amount of stuff that we walk around in our minds thinking stuff is utterly wrong is ridiculous. How do you, but how do you figure that out, right? How do you know that the stuff in your mind that you think is true is wrong, right? If I walk around believing that the sky is blue, how am I going to figure out the sky is red, right? When I flipped that, put the thing down, flip it and reverse it. If I walk around thinking the sky is red and that's my conception of the color blue is, is I see it, I know it is red. How am I going to figure out I'm wrong? Someone's got to tell me, someone's got to tell me, but what if everyone who else, everyone else around me thinks the sky is red? No one's ever going to tell me. Um, and I always say, you know, I don't, I don't trust people who trust their friends. Trust but verify, right? Trust but verify. If someone, if your friend tells you something, right? So, so I had a buddy who was like, oh, you know, you can't recycle that, right? You can't, that's not recyclable. So I threw it in the trash, whatever. Come to find out six months later, the thing I was trying to recycle was recyclable. Speaking of recycling, um, you know, a long time ago, we came up with this idea that climate change is a thing. We have to save our earth. How do we save our earth? Let's recycle, right? So, so I am a big fan of recycling. Um, I used to go through the trash and pick out all the things that were recyclable and put them. And I would, I would go to my housemates and be like, I can't believe you threw away this plastic bag when it was recyclable. Why are you killing the, why are you killing the planet? Why are you killing the planet? 
And that's what we think, right? We think that recycling is something that we are actively doing to help save the world. That is a myth that was perpetuated by the plastics companies. It's a myth that was perpetuated by the plastics companies. In the past 40 years, 90% of the plastic that you recycle is in a landfill. It's true fact. Look it up. I dare you. I dare you. Tell me I'm wrong. I know I'm right. And the fact is, recycling plastic costs more money than making new plastic. But the reason why you didn't know that until right now is because the plastics company pay for marketing campaigns to make you think that it works. Why? Why? Because if you think that that single-use plastic that you just purchased will get recycled, you're going to buy it. Now, the next time you want to buy a single-use plastic, you're going to be like, this is going to end up in a landfill. This is trash. If you believe that you can recycle, then the onus is on you. Climate change is happening, you should recycle more. Climate change is happening, that's on you. Not on the plastics companies who are pumping out billions of tons of refuse every year. There's, there's an island of plastic floating in the Pacific Ocean that's larger than Manhattan, right? There is a problem with plastic, but we think it's our fault. It's a myth we believe. No, it's not a myth you believe in, don't believe anymore. Uh, what's another myth? What's, what's another myth that we believe? Um, high cholesterol isn't bad. Ooh, high cholesterol isn't bad. People at home are now like, what? I can eat that cheeseburger? No, you cannot, because there are two types of cholesterol. There's good cholesterol and there's bad cholesterol, right? So HDL is good cholesterol. It protects your heart. It gets rid of bad cholesterol. It's really good for you. LDL is bad for you. LDL is bad for you. But when you get your cholesterol number, it combines both of those numbers. That makes no sense. Total cholesterol is a terrible number to look at. You never want to look at total cholesterol. What you want to look at is your LDL. LDL. That number should be under 120 for most people. But the higher your HDL, the better. So when I was 21 years old, I went to my primary care doctor for the very first time, not my pediatrician. And I got a cholesterol reading and it was like 200 and something. And the doctors were like, this is bad. What are you doing? What have you been eating? And I was like, well, I really like eggs. They're like, you're eating too many eggs. Stop it. I went back in my health record and found that my HDL was like 110, 120. My LDL was perfectly fine. And I, but I didn't eat eggs for a couple of years. I didn't eat eggs for a couple of years because what they had told me. Eggs aren't bad for you. Eggs have an incredible amount of cholesterol in them. Ooh, but it's good cholesterol, right? So when someone tells you that your total cholesterol is high in the future, you're going to be like, you're an idiot. It's about the LDL. Um, you know, one more, one, let's do one more myth. Let's do one more myth because this is fun for me. I have like a hundred of them. I'm going to do a TikTok series on all of the health myths that we all walk around believing and why they're wrong. So follow me on TikTok, maybe, give or duck. Um, Cracking your knuckles isn't bad for you. ASMR stream. Cracking your knuckles is not bad for you. There's no science that it leads to arthritis. Cracking your knuckles is simply popping little pockets of air that are resting in your synovial fluid, which is the viscous little fluid that sits in your joints and helps them move smoothly. There's nothing wrong with cracking your knuckles. If anyone tells you that, you tell them, Gamer Doc told them, 
told me to tell you you're an idiot. Just kidding. You're wonderful and perfect. All of you at home are wonderful and perfect. But there's all these myths that we walk around believing. And it's impacting our life. It's impacting our planet. It's impacting how we interact with the world. It's impacting how we eat. Girls want to eat eggs. It's impacting the way we are in life. And that's exactly what's happening in video gaming. That's exactly what ha what's happening in esports. We believe these myths, right? We believe these myths that you don't need to warm up, that you don't need someone to help you with your training, right? If you're just chilling, trying to play video games, whatever. You don't need anyone to help you. Have a good time. But if you want to get good, if you want to be professional, you want to be professional level at esports, and if you are professional, if you want to stay professional level, you need a support system. You need a support system. Tom Brady would not be where he is. Rob Gronkowski would not be where he is. David Beckham would not be where he is without a support system, right? A team of professionals who know what they're doing. Don't let that myth affect your career, right? Don't let that myth affect your career. and Don't let it impact your performance. Luckily, we have one of the best professionals there are with us today as our guest. But first, your first Pog RX of the day. So you've got Gamer's Thumb. What's next? Stretch one. Use that same test that made it feel like your thumb was about to fall off to your advantage. Hold your arm out in front of you like you're shaking someone's hand. This time though, keep your fingers straight. Tuck your thumb into your palm and use the other hand to gently stretch your hand downward. Another great stretch is simply a wrist flexion and extension stretch. Hold your arm out in front of you straight, make a fist, and then use the other hand to pull that fist downward. Feel the burn. To get the other side, simply extend your wrist back, use your other hand to grab your fingers and gently tug. For all of these, make sure you go slow, stop if you have sharp pain, and hold them for at least 20 seconds. To strengthen, find a hair tie or rubber band and place it around your fingers. Bring your thumb into extension and abduction and then back to your palm. Alright, there it is y'all. One easy, simple thing you can do to get better at video games. If you're not doing it right now, if you don't have plans to do it, why not? Stop holding yourself back. You are more powerful and capable than you think you are. Speaking of powerful and capable, our guest today is Robert Yip. He is the head of performance for Immortals. He has his master's in sports psychology and is a certified strength and conditioning coach. Robert, welcome to the show. It is a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm really good. Very excited to be on the show. Oh, I'm excited to pick your brain because I've I've always been on like panels with you or like been in meetings with you, but I've never had like a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, except for the time we met. But now, now that we know each other, I can ask you the hard questions. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the grilling. <laughs> I don't really know if there, if I could grill you on anything. I mean, you're like one of the people in the industry who does the things and then has all the credentials to back it up and then actually proves ROI. So I don't I don't think I could I don't have any hard questions for you, unfortunately. That's okay. <laughs> so you've been in this space for a while, uh, mostly as a esports performance coach. Mm -hmm. So I feel like performance coach is one of those things like safe space or burnout that we all talk about, but none of us, like we say it, it's like a fun buzzword, but no one really knows what it is. Um, what is an esports performance coach? Why, why do we need you? What isn't it? Um, I say that because in the beginning... Uh, back in 2016, uh, I had to come up with a label for my job, mm -hmm. and the label that was thrown around was, I'll put life coach in your contract, and I was like, hell no. Don't do that. Um, I don't want that. No, no offense to life coaches. Right. I, I felt like it didn't quite do what I did justice. So I came up with 
performance coach or at the time I didn't even know that there were F1 coaches called performance coaches working with the drivers, but I was like, this kind of is a catch all for everything. So I always say it's the mental, emotional and physical well-being of, of players. So that encompasses anything outside of the game. I think right now you've got a lot more specificity in esports. You've got uh, physios, doctors like yourself. You have uh, mental skills coaches, dietitians, sleep scientists and experts. You have so many people that make up the holistic department for performance. Performance coaches, hey, I'm this guy that tries to do a little bit of everything. And if I don't know something, I refer, refer, refer. So we're just, we're going to breeze by the fact that you were the one who came up with the term performance coach for esports. We'll just breeze by it, but yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it could have easily just been, hey, here's a life coach for Immortals back in 2016. But I just needed a name for the contract and it kind of stuck. And I believe I was the first one performance coaching. And then we have a few more that came after. Oh, congratulations. I'm so glad you didn't say life coach. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much yeah. for your work. Our, our future could have been so different. It could have been so different. So since, you know, it's been, it's been five years now since you created esports performance coaching. I'm going to say that like 20 more times. Um, you are not the only performance coach now, right? We have lots of them. Um, I, not lots, but more than one more than I can count on one hand, more than I can count on two hands. And now there's this thing where people are calling themselves performance coaches. You have certifications, right? You have your, your master's in psychology, you have in sports psychology, you're a certified strength and conditioning coach. You have all these certifications that make you qualified to talk to people about sports psychology, qualified to talk to people about training, qualified to talk to people about injuries. There's people sometimes now who, you know, they got their, they, they, got a doctorate on a weekend online in, you know, a six hour course in some random thing. And they're like, I am an esports performance coach. When did you start to notice the influx of people who not, you didn't necessarily know and they weren't necessarily qualified or am I projecting? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, not re I guess like qualifications is a bit of a, a misnomer because we have people who have PhDs in psychology, clinical right. psychology, sports psychology, and these guys are probably looking at people who have like just a postgrad and going, oh my God, like they're so underqualified for the job. I think for one thing, my head lecturer for my, uh, my postgrad, he only had a master's, but he had like 40 years experience with international athletes. 
And the people that were working for him, they all had PhDs. They were all involved heavily in research. But he was the guy that we went to. He was the guy that had all the experience, the guy we enjoyed talking to. And for me, like when I see someone coming in that maybe isn't fully qualified, I'm always willing to give them the benefit of the mm -hmm. doubt because maybe they're a great coach, maybe a great person, a great human. Maybe the players will build a better relationship with that person. But I think the barrier to entry for esports and for most jobs is like having that piece of paper, right? Yeah. Getting the interview, people going, this guy or girl knows what they're talking about. Uh, they're not as qualified as this guy, but might be a better fit for what we're looking for. So I'm always willing to take the call. I have, and you probably have the same, uh, <laughs> at Twitter DMs that are filled with people like, how do I get involved in esports? What do I do? How do I do what you do? And Check as much DMs. as I can do, <laughs> you'll probably have about 10 just in this conversation alone. It's just people that want to get involved because they love esports. And I think that's great. And I think they just need a little bit of guidance as to like, where do I go for my degree? What qualifications do I need? Like, how do I choose between this recognition certification and the next one? Like, which one is best? Yeah. And I think people that are in the industry right now that have, I guess, like, got the jobs that those people want, if they can provide a little bit of information as to, like, how they got to where they were going, then it'll help people that are kind of, like, growing up in the scene. Because we don't have a path. There's no, like, internship you can do. There's no qualifications yeah. or training programs you can do. So... You're talking about how people might look at you and think you're underqualified. I don't think anyone's thinking that at all. Because I think we have, we need the people who know a little bit of everything, right? We need the people who know a little bit of nutrition, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. um, in traditional sports, when you're dealing with a team, you have the athletic trainer, right? And the athletic trainer knows a little bit about everything, right? The, the, yep. and, and I'm not knocking any athletic trainers. You guys are amazing. Um, and they are the liaison, right? They're the people who the players go to. They're the people who the players go to and they're the ones day after day interacting with the, with the players, treating their injuries. And when they need help, they refer them to the doctor or they refer them to the nutritionist mm -hmm. or they refer them to the sports psychologist. But in esports, we don't have athletic trainers, right? We don't have those people. And for the longest time and for teams, for some teams, that person is the coach. But mm -hmm. the coach doesn't, you know, a lot of the coaches are former players, right? They don't have any qualifications other than experience, which is amazing. So they don't know, they don't have that knowledge of, oh, you probably need an x-ray right now. Oh, you probably need someone, you know, you, you're exhibiting signs and symptoms of burnout. You need to go get that checked out. So right now, is that the performance coach at some places? I think it must be. Mm -hmm. I think teams that have a sports practitioner on, like on their roster, that must be the person that they go to. Mm -hmm. If I see something that like, I don't, I don't know what it is, or it's like, I know what it is and it's definitely out of my scope. Like I said, then it's a referral at that point. I think before when you had strategy coaches that were the main guy, they would pick up things from when they were a player, they would read certain things. And that's why when I came into the scene and people like me, people were actually like pretty open about it. Like, oh my God, this is all new. This is all really interesting. Um, how can we use it? So I think that a lot of the top teams have someone on board that's either a, a sports psych, a performance coach, or something similar. Mm -hmm. And they're meant to have that knowledge. Like if it's to do with ergonomics and posture and uh, diet, nutrition, exercise, we go to that guy. Yeah. And we just assume that this guy knows a little bit, just enough so that he can point you in the right direction. And I think that's really invaluable for a team because like a lot of the times players are so focused on playing the game mm -hmm. that they just completely are unaware of the things outside of the game that actually have an effect on performance. And I just see on Twitter constantly, like you, me, and other people that are in our um, circle are just like, 
guys, it's really simple. Just do this, this, and this. And it seems too simple to be good and true, but it really is. Yeah. I gave a talk at PAX West about how to get good at gaming. And, and you know, I walked away and the things people walked away with were that you can get better at gaming, right? Like mm -hmm. by doing things that aren't gaming, you know, like warming up, like cooling down, like doing mm -hmm. all these other wonderful things. So if you were, you know, you have this rich history in esports, what is the most profound change you've ever enacted with and, and what was it with so you told the team to warm up and they all got better you told the team to like what is the the most profound advice you've given that you've actually seen impact and change i guess the biggest thing is trying to find that um contrast between playing and training so your environment most of the sensory input is coming into you and that changes how you think as opposed to outwardly so whatever environment you're training in is going to dictate how you think about what you're doing in the moment. So how you dress, how you act, how you set things up, the language you use, all of this actually ties into what your brain thinks about while you're doing the activity. So when we go into practice, if we're coming in, we're wearing shorts and sandals and we're just playing the video game to play. Like you said, it's not going to get the, the correct kind of mentality for the, the practice. So some coaches will use the word training uh rather than like playing and i think that really helps so players themselves they'll come in to play the video game and they will i guess like the path of least resistance go into the habits that they know best what's they're most comfortable with they're most consistent with and those things tend to be autopilot yeah so you have to find a way as a coach and you only have control over the practice domain as a coach so if practice is bad honestly it's the coach's fault um as a player you only do what's you know what's put in front of you so for me, it was just changing our approach to practice so that the players will actually be more aware and engaged. And that goes back to like what you mentioned about like having warm-ups, having mm -hmm. cool-downs, like actually mentally getting them to a spot where they're a little bit more aroused than it would be if they just wandered in after breakfast and it's like, okay, uh, what champion am I playing? Who are we playing again? Like that kind of a thing. They're not fully engaged this? with what's going on. Yeah, it's like Don't League I? of Legends. Okay, I got it. <laughs> so what you're saying is... There's a difference between playing a video game and practicing esports. So if I am going to be practicing to get better, to compete in competitive video game, I, the gaming, I need to change my mentality around that. Is that what you're yep. saying? Okay. Yeah. If you if you just wake up and you play, you're going to get you know a lot less returns out of it. If you go in, it's like okay, this is my practice block. It's like mm -hmm. deliberate practice. I'm going to practice between 12 and 3. These are the champions I'm going to practice. This is what I'm working on. I have some VODs that give me some sort of visual representation of what I'm looking for. I'm taking notes. I'm seeking feedback from peers and um, and coaches. Then you're putting yourself in a much greater position to learn more from that rather than just, I guess, like spinning a wheel and hoping that you, you end up on jackpot. So this seems easy, easier to implement if you're part of an esports organization, right? You, mm -hmm. you're, you have to travel to the facility, you show up, you had to put on pants, right? You have shoes on and you walk in the room, your coach is there, your performance coach is there, your teammates are there. It's easier to get into that mentality in mm -hmm. that regard if, you, if, you, if that's what your team culture is. And obviously working on team culture is something that performance coaches deal with a lot. But yeah. if you are someone who's grinding at home, so you want to you want to be those people, but you're not there yet. How do I do that? How do I change Honestly, my mentality? Like that. So I, I had a guy who 
who was an ex-pro player that is a coach and he was looking to kind of get back into playing he's like i think i can still cut it with the the young kids and i was like all right and then he was just telling me about his woes like going into solo queue uh tilting playing on autopilot like kind of not kind of like not really going anywhere and i was giving him advices on like how to make his practice better and this is coming from a position where he was successful in the past so he knew what it took but he just didn't have that point of recent relevance to, right. to pull from so i was telling him the same thing i told you like breaking up your practice blocks making sure you have attainable goals achievable goals um having some sort of a feedback loop with a coach or another player so that you can discuss the ideas because the longer you play without actually challenging how you think um so like metacognition like thinking about thinking the the worst it's going to get because you're just going to be <laughs> it's the idea that maybe what i'm doing isn't correct so you have to keep on be like critiquing your own way of thinking so if i don't do that i'm just going to repeat the same thing over and over again and then be like okay i guess it doesn't work external attribution it's not my fault it's my teammates hmm. versus like this is my trading pattern hmm. that i think it's how it's done but is it and then you check and you reinforce that by looking at other people playing the game. So for people that are non-pros, they would just hopefully find a coach or someone to help them bounce ideas off of mm -hmm. because we get stuck in a way of thinking. Secondly, it would be just create times in your day because you're not a pro where you're definitely training and then create times in the day where you're definitely having fun and then create times in the day where you can take care of housework and, and laundry and, and bills and stuff because if you don't do that, it's going to kind of mix in with each other and it's going to feel like you're not getting anything done. Yeah, I this is great because I love video games. I love Fortnite and I'm trying to get better at playing Fortnite and I have my buddies that I play with and mm -hmm. I'm like frustrated. I get frustrated during those sessions because I'm like if they make if they do something stupid or, you know, like I've been farming and looting and then they run into a battle without any comms it like frustrates mm -hmm. me and then it frustrates me when I die because I'm trying to get better, but I'm not treating those sessions like I am training, right? I'm not treating, I wouldn't train with someone who is, you know, I wouldn't train with a three-year-old in basketball. Like I'm not going to get anything out of that. So that makes a lot of sense. I want, I need to like schedule out blocks of time where I'm like, this is training time. Do not play with people who are not training. Like your goals yeah. is to get better. Huh? Now I'm going to, now I'm going to be in the FNCS. <laughs> you have to be like aligned with whoever you're practicing with. So if, if they think it's for fun, but you're tryharding, there's going to be a mismatch there. And it's going to be frustrating for both because they're there for fun. And you're like, guys, like, what the hell are you doing? And they don't want to be there and vice versa. If you're having fun and people are tryharding, it's just not going to, it's not going to work really well. So I would always say like, if you pre-plan uh, your practice where it's like, Hey guys, like I want to work on this. What do you think? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. This is what we should be working on. You can't really be disappointed so much. Um, you will be at a certain point, but at least when you go in there, you have the right intention, you have the right idea, and it's a shared kind of um, uh, a concept. So <clears throat> that would be the first point, because I, I honestly believe that like playing video games solo is actually kind of hard. Yeah. It's really hard because there's so many external variables. But if you play socially and you have the right group of people, you can learn and have fun because mm -hmm. like learning is fun and, uh, and winning is fun, too. So it's just a case of finding the right people to tick all those boxes. If people are listening to episode seven of this podcast, I think they think that learning is fun because we're doing some learning. I, so you're talking about if you're playing with someone and their values aren't really aligning. Do you ever see that causing trouble with team dynamics on teams you've worked with or players you worked with? Because you were you, know, you were an esports performance coach, but now you are the head of performance for Immortals, right? You've taken mm -hmm. that gigantic step from head of performance coach to uh, or, or for performance coach to head of performance. So now you're in charge of. I mean, I mean, actually, what what 
is that job now? We talked about what an esports performance coach is. What does the head of performance mean? Uh, I guess my purview is more. So I've got a LCS team, an academy team, a Wild Rift team, and a Valorant team right now. So instead of just being kind of like locked down to like one team, it's uh, it's four. So it's like a little less time with each team, like uh, FaceTime, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like what you mentioned about like team cohesion and team dynamics, I have to have, I guess, like a bigger scope over the bigger picture. Yeah. So it's a little bit harder in a sense that I want there to be a common thread between all four teams. Like, hey, this is what makes Immortals, uh, the, the, the brand, the organization. Like you can see it across all four or, uh, teams, franchises. So I would want that where it's like, we're all doing the same thing because number one, it's, it's good for you. Number two, I believe in it, so I'm pushing it. And number three, the org also believes in it too. Yeah. So for me, it's like uh, more planning, preparing, making sure they have all the right bits and pieces, even for our remote teams. They don't have the facility to come to in LA, but I still want to afford them to go to physios, to have uh, time with me, to have like specialists that they can go to as well, to make sure that they're taken care of. Yeah. So I think it's more like making sure that everyone has the same resources available to them and support. Yeah. And that's really important in the beginning because, you know, and obviously League is a completely different game than Valorant, right? Obviously the mechanics are completely different, the knowledge is completely different, but we're at that basic level of esports performance right now where the stuff that will help a League player is going to help a Valorant player, right? Like yeah. Obviously in 10, 15 years, there's going to be Valorant performance coaches and League performance coaches, and they're all going to have this like huge sub-specialized areas that they work on. But now like your knowledge can, can impact all of those teams, right? So speaking of your knowledge, the name of the show is PogRx because, you know, I'm a child. Um, so, you know, you're writing a prescription, you know, this is not medical advice, but if you were to write a virtual prescription for the one thing, the one thing that people can do right now to make them better at video gaming, what would it be? The first thing that jumps to my mind is like sleep. Just make sure you're getting not even the amount of sleep, just quality of sleep, because everything is going to suffer. You can have like it's sleep, exercise and diet. You can eat a bad meal, eat some bad tacos. You can still play okay. You can forget the exercise or have a crappy session and still play okay. If you sleep poorly, you're, there's no recovering from that. You can caffeinate, you can do what you want, but at the same time, it's unrecoverable at that point. And we're talking about a sport which is like fine motor control. It's not like American football where you can just have 400 milligrams of caffeine and go for it. This is something where it's like archery, pistol shooting, mm -hmm. pool, snooker, darts, something like that where it is really, really important. And the people that will say like, uh, I don't get affected by sleep. I don't get affected by jet lag. It's like, no, no, it works. I always say, so you're not a human. They're like, oh no, <laughs> I am. Then I'm like, well, then it affects you. You're just not aware of it. Mm -hmm. So I think sleep is the most important thing. And for that, if you tie it back one more, it's just structure. Making sure that you're waking and sleeping at the same time, your structure for your day is solid, and then you can plan everything else around it. But if you're waking up at 12 sometimes, going to sleep at 3 sometimes, like random, random every single day, you're going to be in a state of flux. You're not going to be your best self and your performance is going to suffer. Yeah, I completely agree as someone who has been sleep deprived for the past five days. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like a normal person right now. So, you know, thank you for that. All right. 
this is amazing. You're amazing. I feel like I'm I'm going to when I am winning the Fortnite World Cup in 2022, I'm going to hold that over my head and I'm going to look into the camera and I'm going to say this is for you, Robert. Okay? You you have my word. I'll, I'll be I'll be waiting for that day. I'll be the like the guy in the front row. I'll be waiting. Perfect. So your Twitter handle is below you so people have can see where to check you out on Twitter. But do you have any other projects or things you want to call attention to or any other things you want the viewers to know? The floor it's yours. Uh, not quite yet. I came into Immortals a little bit late in the season. So we're doing our preseason planning right now for next year. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Instagram is the same handle. And yeah, hopefully next year we'll get to see more of a fleshed out version of what I actually would like for, for Immortals and for my guys. So if Immortals lose before next year, it's not your fault. I don't think we're playing it. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> not my fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Um, all right. Well, Robert, this has been amazing. You have been incredible. We have Robert, yep, the head of performance for Immortals. Have a wonderful day. All right, y'all. Rob wants you to work on your sleep quality and be intentional about it. So what time are you going to bed tonight? Have you thought of that yet? What time are you going to bed tonight? What time are you waking up tomorrow? And what are you doing when you wake up in the morning? Right? I have a routine when I'm going to bed, right? So I make tea. I watch an episode of Doctor Who, which is terrible for my sleep hygiene, I know, but it's my routine. It's my routine. It's better that I'm going to bed at a prescribed time and I'm winding myself down rather than just jumping into bed and being like, sleep time, staring at the ceiling, you know, rethinking everything I've done that day and being overcome with stress and then not being able to sleep because I said something stupid earlier that day and, and now I'm stressed out and, and now I'm going to have dreams about it and now my sleep quality is going to be terrible, right? Figure out what your routine is before bed. It can be something very, very simple. It doesn't have to be 20, 30 minutes long. When you go to bed, you're going to do a back stretch, drink a sip of water, get in bed. You're going to bed, you're going to read a page or a chapter in a book. Maybe you're going to journal, you're going to make some tea, you're going to go to bed. Have a routine, something that tells you it's your body, it's time to go to sleep. Now, try and avoid blue light in the times before bed. That doesn't happen for me. You know, blue light glasses are remarkable. I use them frequently. Um, you know, be, be intentional. Life, getting better at life, being successful in life is being intentional. Having intent. That's it for our show. Episode 7. I, I, we did it. I don't know what we've done, but we've made it to a prime number. I'm very proud of everyone. Uh, I'm your host, GamerDoc. If you want more content, make sure to give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, and have a happy and a healthy week. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. For more information, follow GamerDoc on Twitter at GamerDoc underscore. And please remember, nothing in this video is medical advice. Yes, I am a doctor, and yes, you may need help. But this is the internet, and this is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Thank you, and have a very nice day.